you recognize the reading that Trent read for us just a few moments ago? Uh, I'm sure you did. They constitute the opening statements in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And the text that Trent read for us earlier, the very opening remarks. Let's look at that again real quickly. In Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You know what we call that section, right? Those are called the Beatitudes. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, right there at the start of the Sermon on the Mount, we have the Beatitudes. Do you know why they are the Beatitudes? I remember as a kid thinking they are Beatitudes because they are attitudes we need to be. They are Beatitudes. Be like that. Have that attitude. It's not a bad, it's not a bad thing, uh, thing to think that way because that certainly is true. We need to be those attitudes for sure. But that's actually not what the word means. Uh, the word comes from the Latin word beatus. Now, you know, of course, that the New Testament was originally written in Greek. But when they, and so this is not the Greek word for blessed. When they translated it into Latin, the word that starts each of those verses, blessed are they, the word blessed in Latin is beatus. And thus, these are the Beatitudes. It comes from the Latin word, not the Greek word, but it is that word blessed. These are blessings from God. The word literally means blessed, happy, or well-favored. And thus, you will be blessed by God if you do the things that Jesus taught there in that very famous section, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Well, we've studied those before. We've studied those at length before. But this morning, we're not going to talk about the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Did you know that there are also some Beatitudes in the book of Revelation? And the same word is there in the Greek and when translated into the Latin. We find the same word, this beatus or blessedness. And in the book of Revelation, several people are mentioned who will be blessed, happy, well favored from God if they do certain things. And in our lesson this morning, we want to talk about those Beatitudes that are found in the book of Revelation. And that will be our study here in just a moment. Before we go further, we stop to uh, add to the words of Yancey earlier in, in gratefulness for your presence this morning. We're glad that you're here. We're, we're glad that we can be able to be together on this spring-like morning in Middle Tennessee. We are well blessed in material ways, but we need to understand that we're also very blessed spiritually, and we need to be grateful for that. Thank you for being here to be a part of this. And again, as Yancey said, thanks for all who may be visiting with us. We're glad to be together this morning. What about the book of Revelation. We're going to study the book of Revelation coming up pretty soon in our adult class. That's been requested, and we're going to try to do that. But I think even without going into a detailed study of the book of Revelation, we understand what, that, what the setting of that book was about. It was a message from God, especially to Christians of the first century who were under an intense persecution. They were really being, their faith was being put to the test. 
both by unbelieving Jews who were persecuting them and also by the governmental authorities of the Roman Empire who were persecuting them as well. Christians were under an intense persecution. And so the book of Revelation was written to encourage them, to comfort them, to help them deal with such things. Well, remember the word blessed suggests that they would be happy or well-favored. How could they be blessed in such trying circumstances as they were experiencing there in the first century? Well, let's look at some of the things that offered them blessing from God. First of all, he said, the, the, the text says, blessed are they who hear and obey the word of God. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Notice there's sort of a progression suggested here in this verse. This is very early, right? This is the third verse of the book. Blessed is he that readeth. I want to suggest to you that reading the book would suggest exposure to the things that are taught there. You have to read it. You have to expose yourself to it. You have to, you have to be aware that these things are there. But it's not just enough to be aware, to be informed. You have to hear the words of this prophecy. And I would suggest that's sort of a step beyond just being exposed to the truths that are there. This suggests the idea of actually applying yourself to understand what is said. So read and hear. Expose yourself to these truths. Understand the things that are there. But then notice, you've got to keep those things which are written therein. And so that, that, that completes it. That, that takes it to the fullness. You have to hear. You have to read, hear, and put into practice. Keep the things which are written in the book. You know, if you, if you think about that, think about people in, in our world today. Most people are aware of things that are in the Bible, and they may even understand the things that are in the Bible, because understanding the Bible is not an impossible task, right? If you were to go out on the streets of our community today, and you were to talk about the Bible, a lot of people would be acquainted with Bible truths, and many of those people would understand things written in the Bible, but the big letdown is that they haven't put them into practice, right? They may read, they may hear, but they are not keeping the things that are written in the Word of God, and that is the big problem. So right here at the start of the book of Revelation, there's a beatitude, there's a blessing offered. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, therein for the time is at hand. Now that's at the start of the book, but in the last chapter... That same principle is reiterated. Look in chapter 22 at verse 17. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he, notice that, keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And so, at both the start and end of the book, there's emphasis on you've got to do what it says. You've got to be keeping the commandments. In fact, just a few verses later there in chapter 22 at verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. You may recognize that expression there. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Uh, we just sang that song, didn't we? That we understand that that's what it takes. Do his commandments to receive his blessing. Without obedience, there's no promised blessing from God. People need to understand that. In our class this morning here in the auditorium, we talked about faith and works. 
You've got to have faith, but your faith has to be demonstrated or manifested in works of obedience. Uh, a lot of people, an awful lot of people, know something about God. They may believe or acknowledge, as we talked about in our class, some of the things about God, but they are not living their lives in accordance with the will of God. Uh, if, if what they want to do lines up with the Bible, then they'll do it. But if they want to do something different than what the Bible says, they're going to do what they want rather than what the Bible says. They are not keeping His commandments. They're not doing the commandments of God. Before we pass on from this first beatitude, the idea of blessedness that comes from hearing and obeying, I wanted to stress to you just a point that we'll emphasize more in a few weeks when we get around to studying the book of Revelation more thoroughly. But notice right here at the very start of the book, in chapter 1, verse 3, the time is at hand. Whatever this book was talking about was talking about some things that were about to transpire. And then, notice here at the end, in the last chapter, Behold, I come quickly. Whatever was about to happen was going to happen in the near term, not the long term. We're going to really try to, to draw that out when we talk about the book of Revelation more thoroughly in our, in our class here in a few weeks. But we should always remember, because lots of people in the religious world are seriously misapplying the book of Revelation when they try to suggest that it's talking about current events, things that are happening here in the 21st century. And that's simply not the case, right? We understand that. Uh, the book of Revelation was talking about things that, that were happening then. And it was written to those Christians who were bearing those intense persecutions. There are certainly lessons for us to learn and principles for us to apply. But the book of Revelation is not exposing prophecy about events happening in our day and time. But our emphasis this morning is on these beatitudes that are mentioned in Revelation. And the first of them is that to be blessed by God, you have to both hear and obey the things that are found in His Word. Another blessedness or beatitude found in Revelation pertains to those who gain salvation through Christ Jesus. Look in chapter 19 at verse 9. He said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, those who are called, those who are invited. How is a person called anyway? I, I want this blessing, right? Don't you? I want to be blessed by God. But I have to be called to receive that blessing. How does the call come? A lot of people would suggest to us that being called of God is sort of a mysterious thing, maybe a supernatural thing, uh, not explainable by natural events. Uh, we've heard the story, and I think I've told it before, about the fellow who decided that he needed to be a preacher. And, and he tried real hard to be a preacher, but he just didn't have what it took. And and people didn't like to listen to him, and his sermons were very boring and disjointed, and he just he just didn't do the job well. Uh, and so finally, a, an older brother took him aside and said, "Why did Why do you think that you uh, should be a preacher?" He said, "Well, I got the call." He said, "I got the call." He said, "Well, how did you get the call?" He said, "Well, he said one day I was out uh, on the farm, and uh, I looked up into the sky, and there in the clouds, I could make out the letters G P." In the clouds, GP. And I just knew that meant go preach. And the older, wiser brother said, Well, maybe not. He said, He said, That may have meant go plow instead of go preach. Uh, he thought he'd gotten a special supernatural call, right? He, he misinterpreted it, apparently. 
God doesn't call us that way, right? We're not receiving those supernatural calls. But the Scripture actually tells us how we are called, right? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14, 2 Thessalonians 2.14 says that we are called by the gospel, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Called by the gospel. That's how we get the call. So we are blessed if we are called into the marriage supper law. In other words, we are invited by the gospel. But notice also that it's not just enough to receive the call. You've got to act upon that again. Notice in chapter 20, verse 6, here's that word again, the word blessed. This is the beatitude. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Now the reason I'm linking these two things, you have to receive the call. You, you get the call. Everybody's gotten the call, right, to the gospel. Everybody is invited by the gospel. But then ha- upon having been invited to participate in salvation through Christ Jesus, you've got to act on that and and experience what the book of Revelation calls the first resurrection. Well, what is this business of the first resurrection? Well, I think it's explained in the book of Romans. Look with me in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up, there's resurrection like, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There in Romans chapter 6, Paul says, we die to sin and are buried. And we are resurrected to a newness of life. That's the first resurrection, right? And so you have to receive this call of the gospel. It's not enough just to receive the invitation. No, you have to act upon it and experience that first resurrection. Dying to sin, buried in the waters of baptism, risen to walk in newness of life. And if you do that, then, you have this blessedness that the second death has no power on you. Uh, There's no fear of the second death that leads to judgment and eternity because you are prepared through obedience to the Word of God. So again, what is this blessing? The blessing is to those who gain salvation through Christ. You do that by being called or invited, and then you do that by acting upon the invitation to experience this first resurrection that comes when we are buried with Him in baptism, risen to walk in newness of life, and the blessings of God come. Now, you can see why this would have been a particular comfort to those Christians of the first century. As we said, they were suffering this very harsh persecution. They needed to know that no matter what happens, you don't have to fear the second death. If this persecution would lead to you being killed for the cause of Christ, there's no fear because you've experienced that first resurrection, you see. And so again, blessed are they who hear and obey and gain salvation through Christ Jesus. There's another blessing in Revelation, and that's to those who continue to serve faithfully. In chapter 16, at verse 15, he says, Behold, uh, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his garments, lest he walk about naked and men see his shame. Notice, blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his garments. I would suggest to you that the first two points that we have made suggest you've got to get started. Right? You've got to get started living this Christian life. You have to hear and obey. You've got to gain salvation 
through obedience to the gospel. But this, this point is going to stress the idea you've got to keep on keeping on. It's not enough to just get started. You've got to continue in obedient faith. When you think about how this would be applied to those persecuted Christians, uh, you can see why they needed that message. You've started. That's great. You've started. Now you're suffering persecution for your faith, but don't give up because you've got to see it through to the end. You can see why they needed that sort of admonition. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on was being emphasized to them. Um, we need that same kind of encouragement, although we're not suffering persecution like they did. Not, not even, I mean, we, we don't even have an idea of what it would be like to be persecuted as they were being persecuted. But we do still need the admonition to remain faithful. Notice, uh, if you stay awake, if you keep your garments, that's where the blessing comes. Uh, th this is similar to uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, I'll give thee a crown of life, right? We use that to suggest the idea, you've got to keep on keeping on. Th these sort of statements would absolutely deny the false denominational doctrine of once saved, always saved, wouldn't they? Clearly in the scriptures, we're told that we've got to continue to serve the Lord, be faithful to Him to receive the prize. Once saved, always saved is a false doctrine. But what we need to learn also is that to serve in half-hearted or lukewarm fashion isn't enough either. Uh, we have got to continue. Notice, stay awake. Keep your garments. We've got to be faithful, living an active, faithful life of service to God. So, uh, to those Christians and to us, he says, you've got to start, but you've got to continue. And then finally, one more beatitude in the book of Revelation is a, a well-known expression, and we often use it when we have funerals. In chapter 14, verse 13, John says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Notice, it's not blessed are those who die. Everybody dies, right? Uh, unless you're still living, when the Lord returns, everybody's going to die. Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. Just dying, there's no blessedness in dying, but the blessedness is in being in the Lord. If you were not in the Lord, then you're not blessed in death. Uh, the majority of people who die will not be blessed. Uh, very, very often you hear people say, about someone who died. Well, he's in a better place. But most often, when, you, when the people are describing such a person, you know that the person they're describing wasn't a Christian at all, didn't even try to live a life serving God. But everybody wants to say, well, they're in a better place. No, not necessarily. In fact, maybe even not likely. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that the way is straight and narrow that leads to life. And few there be that find it, because broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Jesus said the majority will be lost, not saved. So what if I, what do I do if I want to be in that number that are blessed in death? Well, I've got to be in the Lord, right? Blessed are they who die in the Lord. Uh, to die in the Lord is a blessing. Of course, we are. We are in the Lord through obedience. And that ties in with everything we've been saying this morning. Even Galatians chapter 3, 26 and 27 says that we're baptized into Christ. To be in the Lord, to be in Christ, 
we have to obey the gospel. We have to be baptized into Christ. So you're only in Christ through obedience. If you want that blessing in death, be in the Lord and get there through obedience to the gospel. Uh, just the other night, uh, Ellen and I were talking about the death of her cousin uh, this past week. And we were talking about how do you face that sort of thing if you're not a Christian? How do you face death if you're not a Christian? If you don't have the hope that's provided in the Scripture? I, I actually really don't understand that. I, I don't know how you would be able to cope with the notion of death unless you believed and had availed yourself of the blessing that comes of being in the Lord. Uh, now, as we were saying earlier, you've got to continue to serve faithfully. And this would, this would actually confirm the previous point too, wouldn't it? Blessed are those who die in the Lord. Well, you've got to continue to serve faithfully to remain in the Lord faithfully and have this blessing which is offered. And so, there are Beatitudes in the Scripture. Again, that word, Beatitude, comes from that Latin word, Beatus, blessed. So you're blessed. There are blessings offered in the Word of God. Jesus famously expressed the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, but here are some more that we read in the book of Revelation, and they are meaningful, important for us. Here, obey, gain salvation in Christ. Continue serving faithfully, even to the point that you die faithfully in the Lord. And in doing all of those things, you receive important blessings that we all should desire. Well, what's your situation this morning? Are you both currently enjoying the blessings of God by living a faithful life, service again? And are you in a situation whereby in death you would be blessed as well? Well, if you're not a Christian yet, you couldn't answer yes to those questions. If you're not a Christian yet, you could not say, God, I've got blessings, I'm looking for some more. Because you're only blessed if you're in Christ. You get in Christ, you'll be excused to believe, repent your sins, confess your faith to you, be baptized for the nation of sin. You're ready to obey the gospel this morning, we're ready to sit to us now, we'll be happy to be glad to study more with you. If you're a Christian but not faithless, you don't have those blessings to be. And you can remedy that quickly. Come back in and repent. Thank you.